Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. A man planted a vineyard and let it out to tenants and went into another country for a long while. This is a parable about the absence of God. God is the owner of the vineyard. That much is familiar. We get the same image in in other places in Scripture. But, But here in this parable, God is depicted as a very different kind of God, a different kind of owner from the man in another vineyard parable, the one in Matthew 20. You know that one. The guy went to hire workers for his vineyard, some early in the morning, and then some more a little later and so forth throughout the day, and some late in the afternoon. That fellow kept a close eye on his business, going back again and again to hire more workers as the need of the harvest required. Or think about still another vineyard story from Scripture that that actually sounds a lot like the one for today. The one in Isaiah chapter 5, which begins, My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. In that one, God is depicted as the landowner who lovingly and painstakingly clears away stones and, and plants choice vines, cultivates and protects his vineyard, all to no avail, since the vineyard, which is the house of Israel, still doesn't produce the fruit of justice and righteousness which God the vintner wants to harvest. But this guy, in today's parable, turns his vineyard over to tenants, to sharecroppers, to tenants who apparently were not very carefully chosen or screened. He should at least have done a credit check. And then the owner just leaves the country. Now, I have nothing against leaving the country, per se. But it doesn't sound like this owner is taking care of business and looking after his property very carefully. And this absentee landlord is gone a long time. Nobody knows when or if he's coming back. No hour-by-hour micromanagement of the workforce for this fellow. Does he care what's happening to the vineyard? Is he paying any attention to the conduct and management of the tenants? Does it matter to him whether they trim the vines and pull the weeds and repair the fences? Who knows? He's out of the picture. Eventually, of course, he sends somebody to collect the owner's share of the harvest. It's rent time. But still, the owner himself doesn't show up. He sends one of his servants And the poor guy, and the next one who is sent, and the guy after that, fail miserably to get what the master sent them to get. The tenants simply beat them and throw them out. When this happens a few times, the tenants get the idea 
that the owner isn't really that serious about collecting what they owe him, that he won't be coming to collect the rent himself, that they can do what they want and the vineyard, uh, and, and they can act as though the vineyard is theirs. They can act like they own the place. The story draws us in, as parables do, and we begin to connect the dots, you know, and see what Jesus is getting at. Who's the owner of the vineyard? Okay, that's easy. That's God. Who are the tenants? The scribes and the chief priests heard the parable as something told against them. They saw themselves cast in the role of the the evil, treacherous, murderous sharecroppers, and they didn't like it. And how about the others to whom the vineyard is given? Maybe that's the Gentiles or the church. What's what's all this saying for us? Is it a warning maybe to those of us who would be managers of God's vineyard? So many things draw us into the story, so many details. But what I want to know is simply this. If the owner of the vineyard in the parable is God... Why is he absent? That's a hard question. Because it's a real question. If this parable echoes the story in Isaiah 5 and and the vineyard is God's people, God's tribe, why isn't God there on the spot, present and active, tending and grooming and taking care of his people? I want to know, you see, because if I'm part of his vineyard, a branch grafted onto his vine and protected and nurtured to bear fruit for him, I want to know why it so often seems as if my creator and owner has simply left the country and forgotten about me and mine. Why are so many hopes disappointed? Why do so many good plans fail? Why does evil seem so strong and good so weak? To tell the truth, I want a present, careful, attentive, deeply involved God who looks after things and pulls the weeds and fixes the fences and keeps me and my wife and my kids safe from the really bad stuff. That kind of micromanagement would be a good thing in God, wouldn't it? Why do sin and death and the devil seem to own us? But today Jesus tells us a parable of the absence of God. And you and I pay close attention because the absence of God, or at least the appearance of the absence of God, is real in our lives, isn't it? I can't always tell what he's doing, or even if he's paying any attention at all. Sometimes the diagnosis is bad, and the prognosis is bleak. Sometimes really bad stuff does happen. Stuff which I think any decently involved God could easily prevent. We get overwhelmed by sin, our own and the sin of others and just sin in general. We get overwhelmed by death, our own death and the death of others. 
and the whole smell of death that hangs over the world. We get overwhelmed by the devil, the liar, the tempter, the accuser, the murderer. And if we are God's property, what is he doing about it? Are we really his if he doesn't do anything to claim us and keep us from all that other stuff? I need to know. In the parable, the owner of the vineyard finally says, I will send my beloved son. Perhaps they will respect him. The landlord's final attempt to restore and reassert his ownership does not involve sending yet another slave or servant hired and ordered to do the job. But he puts all his hopes on his dearly loved son, his heir. Now in the story of the parable, of course, this turns out rather badly. The tenants see the chance now to inflict infinitely more damage on their landlord than simply refusing to pay a little overdue rent. And they murder the son. Now, contrary to their rather fuzzy legal thinking, this crime does not allow them to retain possession of the vineyard. Really, did they think that the owner would never show up? Instead, what happens at long last... In the story, it seems too late. The landlord will come back and get what is his and will give those villains what they deserve in the process. Well, the one who tells us this parable of the absence of God is precisely the son who has come to claim what belongs to his father. Namely, you and me. This will set things right. There will be no more disputed ownership, no more doubt about whose we are. And the great irony of the parable is that the shocking, tragic climax of the story, when the tenants murder the son, this does not signify the last and worst catastrophic failure of the owner's claims. On the contrary, this is how God, once and for all, lays hold of you and me and mine and yours and makes us his. He gives up his son because that's what it takes to claim us and keep us. I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, and also true man, begotten of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned creature, delivered and freed me from all sins and from death and from the power of the devil, not with silver and gold, but with his holy, precious blood with his innocent sufferings and death in order that I may be his own. For the scribes and the chief priests, this parable of the absence of God was very bad news, aimed at them, for they wanted to act like owners of what really belongs to God, 
But for the crowds of people sitting around listening like us, this is really, really good news. Because God has sent his son whose weakness is stronger than any power of evil and whose death is the source of our life that lasts forever. God is not an unconcerned absentee landlord, but is right there, smack in the middle of the suffering and death of Jesus, where he frees us from our enemies and claims us for himself. And the God who is present there is also with us in the middle of the very worst that we face in life or in death. He has made us his own and he will have what is his. No matter what may stand in the way, thanks be to God 